You have reached a phone call from Paul. Prepare to be entertained and moved. A chat with Claudia Rankin. Part 1. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling me at the country. And please help me help you. Yes. Could I please speak with Claudia Rankin at room 209? One moment. Hello, Paul. Hello, Claudia. How are you? I am so delighted that you're taking this phone call from Paul. It's really wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great, actually. It's, I'm in Ithaca. It's raining. What what takes you there? There's a image text conference. It's really it's almost like camp for artists. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they bring together. Something like um, eight writers and eight photographers. And, and, and what do they do with each other? Well, we spend three or four days together collaborating on whatever we want as it comes up. So nobody comes with a project so much as you kind of see what people have and mess around. I love this. So, Isn't it fantastic? It is fantastic. It's a brainchild of someone? Yes. Um, Catherine Taylor and, um, and Nicholas. No, I'm, I'm losing his last name. Um, but he's a photographer and she's a writer. And they both teach at Ithaca College. And together they came up with this idea to um, begin a MFA program that was cross-disciplinary. I mean, really cross-disciplinary. Yeah, and target towards hybridity in, in works. I love this. Um, what, what has it, what has it um, in, in some way inspired in you so far? Well, let's see. We did. I, you know, I was in London a few weeks ago, and um, I was walking around. Yeah, I the think I, re I recall that you were you were just about to go when we when we met. Exactly, and I was walking around the New Tate, and there was a woman with a contraption that I thought was a cane, and I was in the show um, Agnes Martin show. And so I was fascinated by this thing she was holding. And, you know, so, you know, when you see something sort of half, halfway, you're actually looking one way, but your peripheral vision is also taking in something. Yeah. And so I saw her holding this thing, and I just assumed it was a cane and that she was disabled in some way. But then when I turned to look at her, she was wearing three inch high heels. And I thought, that's strange. But the the thing turned out to be a chair. <laughs> a chair. <laughs> a chair that she flipped open and sat down in front of the painting. And 
looked at the painting for a while, and then she moved on to the next one. Um, and I recorded her movement on my iPhone. And um, so I had a series of, like, six shots. I was going to follow her around the museum, but then I thought she would think I was some kind of strange stalker. So I had to satisfy myself with these six shots. You, you may be a bit of a strange stalker, <laughs> you know. We'll talk about that in a moment, but that is, that is I mean, it, it, you, you were... You were truly fascinated. I was fascinated. I mean, she was. It, it, partly, I was fascinated with the um, the miscalculation, you know. Right. And what but you, also, she was so was. stylized, you know, with the shoes and the thing, and and having um, thought ahead of time about um, spending time with the paintings from this sitting position. Which, which, in, in a in a sense, um, is a reminder of how little time we spend immersed. Exactly, exactly. And um, so, I I recorded her movements for you know maybe five minutes, and um, but then felt that she might be feel okay. odd, and so I, I ceased. But I had the images on my phone, so when I arrived here at the image check, I presented them as material that maybe um, we could work with. And so we have. We, the, I, I worked with a group of people to um, insert pieces into the, the wall space around her. And you know, so, and that's the kind of thing you don't normally get a chance to do. You have these talented people surrounding you, and and people sort of just brainstorming and w- based on what you have in front of you. And, w- and when you say pieces, do you mean um, writing? It could have been text, um, but in this case, we ended up using photographs taken by people who were who were um, attending the conference. It, I mean, you know, so many things come to my mind, and and one of them is that this gesture you had of of following this person in the museum sounds awfully much to me like someone else who follows yes, people <laughs> around. Do you, might you know who I'm I'm referring to? Sophie Cow, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 how did you know? And and you know, it, 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 is is she? Um, do, do you think she's an unconscious source of inspiration, or maybe a very conscious source of inspiration? When you see something nearly as um, surprising and uncanny that happens in a museum space, I think. Uh, you know, I think that what an artist does in general is objectify moments. Um, I mean, she, I think, takes ordinary moments in the day and turns them into art moments or art objects. And so in that way, working out of the kind of day-to-day so that the um, dream, the wandering around, becomes a source of material. Um and the investigation of some accidental moment, like seeing this woman 
can be taken up and and pursued relentlessly. I mean, if I if I really was inspired by her, I think I would have kept following that one. Yes, <laughs> uh, nearly nearly and maybe to the very limit of being caught. Exactly, exactly. Or maybe being caught. I don't, or, maybe I don't know. Being, or maybe being caught. I don't know if Sophie Kell has been caught in that. Well, she did have, do you remember she had the, the guy, I think one of the, one of her subjects got very pissed at her. Yeah. And As he was would. a rape. Yeah, and I think he released, tracked down some um, unflattering photographs of her and, and released them publicly. Mm. As a, as a form of revenge. Exactly. You know, it, it's, it brings up to mind so many things. Sophie Kell, it also brings to mind someone I've spoken to once is Thomas Struth, the, the photographer who takes these incredible photographs of people looking in museums at mm -hmm. paintings. Um, and, you know, it, it makes me think also, as I was saying a bit earlier about this, this level of attention works should inspire in us, but I think we 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 glide through museums and maybe not only museums but things that would should hold our attention i I'm thinking you know of 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 uh, the the wonderful line of Simon Vale where she says that attention is a form of prayer mhm mm I mean that sense of the durational you know is something I often think about. Yeah, what it what what it means to stay with something. Mm. What does and, it mean for you? Yeah. To well for me? Yeah. Is that a question? Yeah. <laughs> well kind of. It's a question for you because it's really really a question for me. You know, how 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 do we I mean nearly regain immersion? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know. I think that I, I am sort of. Um, uh, I want to. I, what's the right word? I, I, I am um, plagued by the inability to let things go sometimes, <laughs> and um, and. Uh, the interrogation of a subject will can take me years um, in terms of thinking about it and turning it over and looking at it and revisiting. Um, it's it's both. Uh, I've often been told that it's it's a strange quality I have that I can stay with something for such a long time. For instance, if I like a song, I'll just um, put it on loop. And I listened to it for months. <laughs> and I only need to listen to that one song. Hmm. Is it, um, I mean, naturally, I, I, I wish to ask you if, you if you feel the same way about um, books you read. Well, yeah. I mean, certain books... Um, I feel that way about authors um, and certain books. Certain books, I can read and reread them, and they give me the same amount of pleasure every time. And and then I find things I didn't find before, and I sit in moments. And the pleasure of rereading is that if you um, want to stop somewhere and just stay in that paragraph or that sentence, 
you're not driven by the desire to find out what's happening. You know? You're not reading in any way or, or fashion for the plot. Exactly. And so you're outside of information gathering. And then you can just sit inside anything that, that holds you. Gosh. And you can just, you know, so you can just sit there inside of um, a paragraph and, and look out the window and walk around and think about it and not and, and then abandon it for weeks on end before you go back again. And not feel unfaithful. And not feel unfaithful or or on um, or incomplete in any way, you know? Um, which works in particular do this for you most? Well, I love um, the books that come to mind immediately that yeah. this has happened. Um, there's a sort of less known, perhaps, maybe it is known, book by Kutsia called The Life and Times of Michael Kay. Yeah. And as much as I love Disgrace and um, Waiting for the Barbarians, and, and I really do love those books, there is um, a way that any given moment in the Life and Times allows you to take up residence for as long as you'd like because the language is so beautiful and and it's unclear where the protagonist has been or is going so you know so yeah. you don't have to worry too much um i uh, Faulkner's um, as I lay dying is another the passage the the passage of the mother yeah. is another one um, Virginia Woolf's um, to the lighthouse the middle passage of the when the house is left on its own just and I you know I have this little storehouse of places that I like to visit and so sometimes I'll just pull down the book and and go straight there and, it, and it, the, the way you're talking about it to me makes me feel that um, you're visiting a country. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a homeland you're going back to. A street, a favorite street. 